Campfire Classics is a classic literature podcast. However, your hosts will occasionally use not-so-classy language and immature humor to describe very mature situations. As such, listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Ken Sandberg. And I'm Heather Michelle Lawler. Welcome to Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your show. Here's a puppy. Is that what you got? Got a puppy. Puppy, puppy, puppy. Hi, baby. All the noises we just made on the street. <laughs> or wanted to, if there hadn't been people. If there hadn't us. been other <laughs> strangers, our <adults>. neighbors. <laughs> our, like, two blocks away neighbors yeah. watching us. Yeah. So yeah, so guys, this hey is listeners, not gonna, how you doing? Hi, uh, this is you can probably tell by the length uh, is not going to be a normal episode though it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, Welcome to what is going to be another poo break. Poo break, which whatever you like them. They people do like them, I know. <laughs> so this is like it's kind of nice. Like I've actually I, I've been surprised. There have been a couple of times where I've gotten messages going like, yeah, I missed the format, but these are nice. Yeah, the, I like the they're nice poo little, stories, like little breaks and. Especially if you're a few episodes behind, then you have a little short one, and mm-hmm. then you know. So this will not be a normal episode um, because I had work today, and then we I came home ready to record, and then there was a post on the uh, there's a there's a thing in Philadelphia where each neighborhood kind of has like a buy nothing page, where which is really great. It's in a lot of major cities now, where people post things that they're getting rid of or things they find on the street. And tonight, someone found a puppy on the street and like a sweet. Sweet, sweet gray and white boy puppy who did not smell good at all. Yeah. Um, but was clearly um, very cool with humans. And oh, yeah. Like, clearly, like, not being actively abused but neglected. Yeah. Um, based on the smell alone. Yeah. Like, was not living in a, was not living in a, a traditional uh, household. Home. Yeah. So, um, we were, we spent. 45 minutes just we spent a, a good chunk hour. of time just hanging out with this dog and, and the people that are and holding him right the, now the, the people who are watching him do not worry listeners he is in very good hands with the people they're actually like on the stoops of their actual apartments um when they first posted i thought he was just tied up to like a post and I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna go give this dog some water and yeah. if he needs food one of us could walk down to like Rite Aid and grab like a can of food but these families two of them clearly have pets of their own in the house yeah. and so they brought out water bottles and given him a full um, bowl of food and they uh, we the, have the called one, the one family there there was a, a younger girl watch probably in her mid-teens yeah the daughter um, of the family who, who yeah. desperately wanted to bring her dog and cat out <laughs> onto the street the to meet the puppy well um, and the mom well, kept scolding her and be yeah. like don't touch it don't touch don't, it yeah, and like do that. i i literally was holding my hands at yeah. my stomach because he did smell very very bad and um uh ken and i's speculation is it's uh either was He's either been seriously neglected or without shelter for a while, or is the um, is the puppy of an unhoused person in Philadelphia, and either the unhoused person didn't tie him up well enough, or has been um, has been gone into a shelter or um, whatnot for so, for whatever reason. Yeah, for whatever but- reason. Um, but puppy is well taken care of. Uh, but by the time we got home, <laughs> we were like. Ken has to work in the morning, and then we're supposed to see Lizzo tomorrow if she's better. If she's healthy and singing. And that's a 
three hour drive to Baltimore and back. So uh, we, I didn't want Ken up till two in the morning editing the podcast. So I said, let's just, I'll get on and explain what's going on and then he can do a poo break. So um, that should go very well. He's going to, he's going to pick which poo break you're on. <laughs> so this week uh, it's um, the eighth Winnie the Pooh story. Uh, so this is Winnie the Pooh in which Christopher Robin leads an expedition to the North Pole. Listeners, this is uh, Heather signing off, and uh, I'm going to go do lots of snuggling to Lina because the puppy made me want to go, like, that's pretty much right. So uh, enjoy poop, poop break, poop, poop, enjoy poop. Enjoy poo. Enjoy poo. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start this fire. One fine day, Pooh had stumped up to the top of the forest to see if his friend, Christopher Robin, was interested in bears at all. At breakfast that morning, a simple meal of marmalade spread lightly over a honeycomb or two, he had suddenly thought of a new song. It began like this. Sing ho for the life of a bear. When he had got as far as this, he stretched his head and thought to himself, that's a very good start for a song, but what about the second line? He tried singing ho two or three times, but it didn't seem to help. Perhaps it would get better, he thought, if I sang high for the life of a bear. So he sang it, but it wasn't. Very well then, he said, I shall sing the first line twice, and perhaps if I sing it very quickly, I shall find myself singing the third and fourth line before I have time to think of them, and that will be a good song. Now then. Sing ho for the life of a bear, sing ho for the life of a bear. I don't much care if it rains or snows, cause I've got a lot of money on my nice new nose. I don't much care if it snows or thaws, cause I've got a lot of honey in my nice clean paws. Sing ho for a bear, sing ho for poo, and I'll have a little something in an hour or two. He was so pleased with this song that he sang it all the way to the top of the forest. And if I go on singing it much longer, he thought, it will be time for the little something, and then the last line won't be true. So he turned it into a hum instead. Christopher Robin was sitting outside his door putting on his big boots. As soon as he saw the big boots, Pooh knew that an adventure was going to happen, and he brushed the honey off his nose with the back of his paw and spruced himself up as well as he could so as to look ready for anything. A good morning, Christopher Robin, he called out. Hello, Pooh Bear. I can't get this boot on. That's bad, said Pooh. Do you think you could very kindly lean against me? Because I keep pulling so hard that I fall over backwards. Pooh sat down, dug his feet into the ground, and pushed hard against Christopher Robin's back, and Christopher Robin pushed hard against his, and pulled and pulled at his boot until he had got it on. And that's that, said Pooh. What do we do next? 
We are all going on an expedition, said Christopher Robin, and he got up and brushed himself. Thank you, Pooh. Going on an expedition, said Pooh eagerly. I don't think I've ever been on one of those. Where are we going on this expedition? Expedition, silly old bear. It's, it's got an X in it. Oh, said Pooh. I know, but he didn't really. We're going to discover the North Pole. Oh, said Pooh again. What is the North Pole? he asked. It's just a thing you discover, said Christopher Robin carelessly, not being quite sure himself. Oh, I see, said Pooh. Are bears any good at discovering it? Of course they are. And Rabbit and Kanga and all of you. It's an expedition. That's what an expedition means. A long line of everybody. You better tell the others to get ready while I see if my gun's all right. And we must all bring provisions. Bring what? Things to eat. Oh, said Pooh happily. I thought you said provisions. I'll go and tell them. And he stumped off. The first person he met was Rabbit. Hello, Rabbit, he said. Is that you? Let's pretend it is, said Rabbit, and see what happens. I've got a message for you. I'll give it to him. We're all going on an expedition with Christopher Robin. What is it when we're on it? A sort of a boat, I think, said Pooh. Oh, that sort. Yes, and we're going to discover a pole, or something, or was it a mole? Anyhow, um, we're going to discover it. We are, are we? said Rabbit. Yes, and we've got to bring Poe things to eat with us, in case we want to eat them. Now, I'm going down to Piglet's. Tell Kanga, will you? He left Rabbit and hurried down to Piglet's house. The Piglet was sitting on the ground at the door of his house, blowing happily at a dandelion, and wondering whether it would be this year, next year, sometime, or never he had just discovered that it would be never, and was trying to remember what it was and hoping it wasn't anything nice when Pooh came up. Oh, Piglet, said Pooh excitedly, we're going on an expedition, all of us, with things to eat, to discover something. To discover what? said Piglet anxiously. Oh, just something. Nothing fierce. Christopher Robin didn't say anything about fierce. He just said it had an axe. It isn't their necks, I mind, said Piglet earnestly. It's their teeth. But if Christopher Robin is coming, I don't mind anything. In a little while, they were all ready at the top of the forest, and the expedition started. First came Christopher Robin and Rabbit, then Piglet and Pooh, then Kanga with Roo in her pocket and Owl, then Eeyore, and at the end of a long line, all of Rabbit's friends and relations. I didn't ask them, explained Rabbit carelessly. They just came, they always do. They can march at the end after Eeyore. What I say, said Eeyore, is that it's unsettling. I didn't want to come on this expo. What Pooh said, I only came to oblige. 
But here I am. And if I am the end of the expo, what we're talking about, then let me be the end. And if every time I want to sit down for a little rest, I have to brush away half a dozen of Rabbit's smaller friends and relations first, then it isn't an expo whatever it is at all. It's simply a confused noise. That's what I say. I see what your means, said Owl. If you ask me, I'm not asking anybody, said Eeyore. I'm just telling everybody. We can look for the North Pole, or we can play. Here we go gathering nuts and may with the end part of an ant's nest. It's all the same to me. There was a shout from the top of the line. Come on, called Christopher Robin. Come on, called Pooh and Piglet. Come on, called Owl. We're starting, said Rabbit. I must go. And he hurried off to the front of the expedition with Christopher Robin. All right, said Eeyore. We're going. Only don't blame me. So off they all went to discover the pole. And as they walked, they chattered to each other of this and that, all except Pooh, who was making up a song. This is the first verse, he said to Piglet when he was ready with it. First verse of what? My song. What song? This one. Which one? Well, if you listen, Piglet, you'll hear it. How do you know I'm not listening? Pooh couldn't answer that one, so he began to sing. They all went off to discover the pole. Owl and piglet and rabbit and all. It's a thing you discover, as I've been told. By owl and piglet and rabbit and all. Eeyore, Christopher Robin, and Pooh. And rabbit's relations all went to. And where the pole was, none of them knew. Sing hey for owl and rabbit and all. Hush, said Christopher Robin, turning round to Pooh. We're just coming to a dangerous place. Hush, said Pooh, turning round quickly to Piglet. Hush, said Piglet to Kanga. Hush, said Kanga to Owl, while Roo said hush several times, very quietly to himself. Hush, said Owl to Eeyore. Hush, said Eeyore in a terrible voice to all of Rabbit's friends and relations, and hush, they said hastily to each other all down the line, until it got to the last one of all, and the last and smallest friend and relation was so upset to find that the whole expedition was saying hush to him that he buried himself head downward in a crack in the ground and stayed there for two days until the danger was over and then went home in a great hurry and lived quietly with his aunt ever afterwards. His name was Alexander Beetle. They had come to a stream which twisted and tumbled between high rocky banks and Christopher Robin saw at once how dangerous it was. It's just the place, he explained, for an ambush. What sort of bush? whispered Pooh to Piglet. A gorse bush? My dear 
pooh,' said Owl in his superior way. "'Don't you know what an ambush is?' "'Owl!' said Piglet, looking round him severely. "'Pooh's whisper was a perfectly private whisper, "'and there was no need an ambush.' said Owl, is a sort of surprise. So is a gorse bush sometimes, said Pooh. An ambush, as I was about to explain to Pooh, said Piglet, is a sort of a surprise. If people jump out at you suddenly, that's an ambush, said Owl. It's an ambush, Pooh, when people jump at you suddenly, explained Piglet. Pooh, who now knew what an ambush was, said that a gorse bush had sprung at him suddenly one day when he fell off a tree, and he had taken six days to get all the prickles out of himself. "'We are not talking about gorse bushes,' said Owl, a little crossly. "'I am,' said Pooh. They were climbing very cautiously up the stream now, going from rock to rock, and after they had gone a little way, they came to a place where the banks widened out at each side so that on each side of the water there was a level strip of grass on which they could sit down and rest. As soon as he saw this, Christopher Robin called, Halt! And they all sat down and rested. I think, said Christopher Robin, that we ought to eat all our provisions now so that we shan't have to carry so much. Eat all our what? said Pooh. All that we've brought, said Piglet, getting to work. That's a good idea, said Pooh. He got to work, too. Have you all got something? asked Christopher Robin with his mouth full. All except me, said Eeyore. As usual. He looked round at them in his melancholy way. I suppose none of you are sitting on a thistle by any chance. I believe I am, said Pooh. Ow! He got up and looked behind him. Yes, I was. I thought so. Thank you, Pooh. If you've quite finished with it. He moved across to Pooh's place and began to eat. It don't do them any good, you know, sitting on them. He went on as he looked up, munching. Takes all the life out of them. Remember that another time, all of you. A little consideration, a little thought for others makes all the difference. As soon as he had finished his lunch, Christopher Robin whispered to Rabbit, and Rabbit said, Yes, yes, of course. And they walked a little way up the stream together. I didn't want the others to hear, said Christopher Robin. Quite so, said Rabbit, looking important. It's... I wonder, it's only, Rabbit, I suppose you don't know what the North Pole looks like. Well, said Rabbit, stroking his whiskers, now you're asking me. I did know once, only I've sort of forgotten, said Christopher Robin carelessly. It's a funny thing, said Rabbit, but I've sort of forgotten too, although I did know once... I suppose it's just a pole stuck in the ground. Sure to be a pole, said Rabbit, because of calling it a pole. And if it's a pole, well, I should think it would be sticking in the ground, shouldn't you? Because there'd be nowhere else to stick it. Yes, 
that's what I thought. The only thing is, said Rabbit, is where is it sticking? Oh, that's what we're looking for, said Christopher Robin. They went back to the others. Piglet was lying on his back, sleeping peacefully. Roo was washing his face and paws in the stream, while Kanga explained to everybody proudly that this was the first time he had ever washed his face himself. And Owl was telling Kanga an interesting anecdote full of long words like encyclopedia and rhododendron, to which Kanga wasn't listening. I don't hold with all this washing, grumbled Eeyore. This modern behind-the-ears nonsense. What do you think, Pooh? Well, said Pooh, I think... But we shall never know what Pooh thought. For there came a sudden squeak from Roo, a splash, and a loud cry of alarm from Kanga. So much for washing, said Eeyore. Roo's fallen in, cried Rabbit, and he and Christopher Robin came rushing down to the rescue. Look at me swimming, squeaked Roo from the middle of his pool and was hurried down the waterfall into the next pool. Are you all right, Roo, dear, called Kanga anxiously. Yes, said Roo. Look at me swim. And down he went over the next waterfall into another pool. Everybody was doing something to help. Piglet, wide awake suddenly, was jumping up and down and making, Oh, I say! noises. Owl was explaining that in a case of sudden and temporary immersion, the important thing was to keep the head above water. Kanga was jumping along the bank, saying, Are you sure you're all right, Roo, dear? To which Roo, from whatever pool he was in at the moment, was answering, Look at me swimming! Eeyore had turned round and hung his tail over the first pool into which Roo fell, and with his back to the accident was grumbling quietly to himself and saying, All this washing, but catch on to my tail, little Roo, and you'll be all right. And Christopher Robin and Rabbit came hurrying past Eeyore and were calling out to the others in front of them. All right, Roo, I'm coming, called Christopher Robin. Get something across the stream lower down, some of you fellows, called Rabbit. But Pooh was getting something. Two pools below Roo, he was standing with a long pole in his paws, and Kanga came up and took one end of it, and between them they held it across the lower part of the pool, and Roo, still bubbling proudly, Look at me swimming! drifted up against it and climbed out. Did you see me swimming? squeaked Roo excitedly while Kanga scolded him and rubbed him down. Pooh, did you see me swimming? That's called swimming, what I was doing. Rabbit, did you see what I was doing? Swimming. Hello, Piglet. I say, Piglet, what do you think I was doing? Swimming. Christopher Robin, did you see me? But Christopher Robin wasn't listening. He was looking at Pooh. Pooh, he said. Where did you find that pole? Pooh looked at the pole in his hands. And I just found it he said. I thought it ought to be useful. I just picked it up. Pooh, said Christopher Robin solemnly. The expedition is over. You have found the North Pole. Oh, said Pooh. Eeyore was sitting with his tail in the water when they all got back to him.
Tell Rue to be quick, somebody, he said. My tail's getting cold. I don't want to mention it, but I just mention it. I don't want to complain, but there it is. My tail's cold. Here I am, squeaked Rue. Oh, there you are. Did you see me swimming? Eeyore took his tail out of the water and swished it from side to side. As I expected, he said. Lost all feeling. Numbed it. That's what it's done. Numbed it. Well, as long as nobody minds, I suppose it's all right. Poor old Eeyore. I'll dry it for you, said Christopher Robin. And he took out his handkerchief and rubbed it up. Thank you, Christopher Robin. You're the only one who seems to understand about tails. They don't think. That's what's the matter with some of these others. They've no imagination. A tail isn't a tail to them. It's just a little bit extra at the back. Never mind, Eeyore, said Christopher Robin, rubbing his hardest. Is that better? It's feeling more like a tail, perhaps. It belongs again, if you know what I mean. Hello, Eeyore, said Pooh, coming up to them with his pole. Hello, Pooh. Thank you for asking, but I shall be able to use it again in a day or two. Use what? What are we talking about? I wasn't talking about anything, said Pooh, looking puzzled. My mistake again. I thought you were saying how sorry you were about my tail being all numb and could you do anything to help. No, that wasn't me, said Pooh. He thought for a little and then suggested helpfully, perhaps it was somebody else. Well, thank him for me when you see him. Pooh looked anxiously at Christopher Robin. Pooh's found the North Pole, said Christopher Robin. Isn't that lovely? Pooh looked modestly down. Is that it? said Eeyore. Yes, said Christopher Robin. Is that what we were looking for? Yes, said Pooh. Oh, said Eeyore. Well, anyhow, it didn't rain, he said. They stuck the pole in the ground and Christopher Robin tied a message onto it. North Pole, discovered by Pooh. Pooh found it. Then they all went home again. And I think, but I'm not quite sure, that Roo had a hot bath and went straight to bed. But Pooh went back to his own house and, feeling very proud of what he had done, had a little something to revive himself. The End Thanks for joining us this week for another Pooh Break, listeners. I hope you enjoyed it, and until next week, this has been Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. Thank you.